Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tarikaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for Christian moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. So welcome back to another podcast episode. Um, Welcome to all of our returning listeners and welcome to our new listeners. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, We have been in a series of all things health and fitness. Um, I will say these last past couple of weeks have been some of the most vulnerable episodes that I've recorded. So I decided let's, you know, kick off with one last vulnerable episode today on how to overcome insecurities. And then we'll hop into something new um, next month. So the name of this episode is The Ugly Friend how to overcome insecurities, all right? And we're just going to hop into story time with this. So if any of you know, um, at Myrtle Beach around like Memorial Weekend, they host what's called Bike Week. Um, Now they have another Bike Week uh, throughout that month, but this one is Black Bike Week, okay, around Memorial Day weekend. And I've been to both Bike Weeks, but Black Bike Week is a completely different vibe than the other bike week. So this was like back in, I believe maybe 2013, I believe um, I was celebrating my 22nd or my 23rd birthday. And I was with two of my homegirls. Now these girls were not my, you know, typical friend group that I um, typically hung out with, but you know, we were associates, we were cool enough to, you know, plan and take a trip together. 
we all wanted to go. So I was like, cool, you know, I'll do this to celebrate my birthday. Now, these particular girls, one of the girls, she is mixed with black and white, and the other girl was Hispanic. Now, as we were packing up to leave, they came to pick me up um, from my mom's house. And my mom had made a comment when they picked me up and was like, you know, dang, Tari, you the only chocolate girl of the group or whatever. So I was like, you know, yeah, whatever. I didn't think much of it. But I mean, obvious to see, yes, I was the, you know, darker girl of the group. But like I said, I didn't think too much of it. So y'all, when we got to Bike Week, like I said, it's Black Bike Week. It's a completely like hood vibe. It's just people everywhere, all types of energy, all types of hood energy. And I definitely experienced a whole nother level of colorism and like an obvious preference for like who most guys wanted to talk to on this trip. It was so clear and obvious. So you could tell that like when girls approach a group of girls, you can tell like which girl the dudes aren't really interested in or aren't really trying to talk to, like the main ones that they go to. So this was like a reoccurring um, situation everywhere that we went. I felt like most of the guys were like in my other two friends face and nobody really, you know, was paying attention to me or interacting with me or it's more so on like a, a homegirl, you know, type of vibe like, oh, what's up? Versus like, oh, what's up? You know, I'm trying to get to know you and take things further. Now, there's this saying about girls taking a trip to Miami, how like <laughs> when they go, they're all friends, but they always come back not friends. And I realized from this experience in Myrtle Beach, it's because of who guys tend to choose to talk to, right? So you got to figure out your motive of, you know, your self-esteem when you go on these trips. Do you have a secret competitive like thought or agenda in your mind that, you know, you're competing with your homegirls on who can bag the most dudes, right? And dudes do it too. It goes both ways. Most guys are trying to see how many girls they can bag, you know, when they go on a trip or when they go out or whatever. But this is why, because certain insecurities come in if you're not getting talked to as much, or if you see your other friends, you know, getting talked to a little more than you, this can cause some issues and some strife in the relationship. So this is definitely something that I experienced on this trip. So there was this one particular situation, right? We were walking down the street and this guy stopped us and was like, oh, you know, you ladies are so beautiful. Um, this, that, and the third, can I get a picture with y'all? So, you know, we're all like, yeah, you know, cool. We can get a picture. Listen, homeboy pulls up his camera and hands me the phone by here. <laughs> can you take the picture of us? So he wanted it with my other two homegirls. And in that moment, I was just like, okay. So I, I really see <laughs> what is going on here. And y'all, I was so crushed like in the inside because at that moment I officially felt like the ugly friend of the group right I was devastated and like I said this was a reoccurring pattern that I noticed um everywhere that we went so let's be clear you know on this trip um I definitely had low self-esteem before the trip um I can remember uh before the trip looking up like bundles of hair and stuff to get before like something that would Help me to feel beautiful or to feel cute on this trip. Because like I said, I experienced low self-esteem way before the trip. 
But baby, if this trip did not knock that esteem down another notch or so, it definitely did. Um, from the outfits and stuff that I chose to wear, I wasn't as comfortable, you know, showing as much skin as my friends were. Um, this is definitely the time where I was struggling with my weight. I had just had um, my son a few years ago. So I still had some baby weight left. So my body was a little larger. I still didn't feel comfortable um, with this new body. And then, you know, over time, I had felt like I was ugly because my skin was darker than theirs or compared to theirs. You know, there's a certain type of guy that prefers a more fair skin or lighter skin girl compared to a dark skin girl. Right. And I had felt this insecurity um, ever since I was a kid. And, you know, shouts out to the new Barbie movie. I haven't seen it yet, but there was a, um, a meme going around with like the old 90s Barbie uh, comforter set. And I definitely had it. It was like a Barbie um, ballerina set. And I had that and I had the black Barbie. But I can remember um, telling my mom that I didn't like that comforter set because that doll was ugly and that I wanted the white doll because that one was prettier. So my, you know, complexion, my insecurities about my complexion, they stand back really far. And like I said, my own mom even made that observation before we went on the trip, like, oh, you're the, you know, darker girl of the group, this, that, and the third, which I'll get into that later on in our talk, how, you know, we can project our insecurities on our children and how we need to stop, you know, doing that now. Um, and I, I feel like just overall, this is a message that society has taught me um, that, you know, lighter skin is prettier than darker skin. I mean, this goes way back to slavery days where, um, they had things in place and were tricking our mindsets and brainwashing us to go against each other just because of our skin complexion. So this stuff is deep. Um, and I definitely experienced it on this trip. Um, like I said, from the messages of society and from the reactions of others, whenever I went out. So that was, you know, one of the insecurities I dealt with, but I've also dealt with insecurities about the size of my nose. I have a larger nose than um, typical, but you know, most black people are known for having some type of large facial feature, whether it's their nose or their lips or their forehead, you know, something along those lines. So for me, it's the large nose, right? Um, I've always been insecure about my weight. If you go back and listen to, um, I believe it's episode 55 on emotional eating, I share how since I was four years old, I've struggled with, you know, overeating and emotional eating and my weight. Um, I also too, on my body, I've had stretch marks as a result of gaining and losing weight, having babies and stuff over a period of time. But I can remember having stretch marks like in elementary school, again, from being large. So I was very insecure about like showing my arms or showing my stomach or any areas that had stretch marks on them, because I feel like stretch marks are more accepted. Like after you have a baby. But when you're a kid and have them, it's like, OK, but why do you have those? Right. What what do I do with this? I don't know. So I always wanted to cover up and feel insecure about showing my skin. Um, and also more so like uh, personality and acceptance wise, I was insecure about being liked and accepted by others. So I always kind of blended in or went with the crowd and acted however the crowd did. And I never was my own person. So I like to, I'm in my, you know, confident 
space right now, but I like to consider myself like medium hood. Like I'm definitely not your full blown city girl out here ratchet, but I'm also not like preppy and act too good either. I'm like right in the middle. I found I found my sweet spot. But before I felt like I would try to act hood and act hard around people getting in fights and losing them and stuff. And it's like, okay, Tari, <laughs> this is not your personality type. You do not fit into this genre. You grew up with both your parents in a suburban house. Like that's not you at all. So I definitely went through, you know, insecurities on where do I fit in? What group do I, you know, best fit with? So after that spiel, you know, we're going to get into what are insecurities and low self-esteem. Maybe you can relate to some of the things that I've shared um, from my story. But have any of y'all seen um, Cat Williams, his uh, stand-up? I believe this was back in 06 when he first started popping. And he has this joke about, you know, women being insecure about their bodies and stretch marks and stuff. And the girl is like, you messed up my self-esteem. And he's like, how? Self-esteem is about you. Simple, whatever, you know, I'm not going to cuss on here. But he's like, <laughs> esteem is about how you feel about you. How did I mess that up for you, right? So that's his version of self-esteem. But the actual definition of self-esteem is to have confidence in one's own worth and abilities to have self-respect. And I feel like we kind of touched on um, self-esteem like in health class for middle school and high school in the textbook. But I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what, but I felt like it wasn't really addressed with intention. It was kind of like, oh, this is the chapter we're on for self-esteem, answer the questions and move on. I don't really remember in-depth conversations about you know, insecurities and what you should do about those insecurities and how to love yourself and self-love and things like that. So I'm not sure, you know, what that looks like in schools today, but I definitely feel like that's something that in the middle school and I would even say elementary age needs to be addressed with a little more, you know, attention to it because that's the age that we struggle with those things the most. Okay. And the definition for insecurities is not confident or assured, uncertain and anxious. All right. So when you have insecurities, you're not confident about yourself. You're not really sure. You're you're uncertain about things like you want to try this new thing, but you're not sure how people will accept it or you really care about what others think about you. That's the definition of insecurity. Now, one word that I noticed that was common in self-esteem and insecurity is confidence, okay? And the definition of confidence is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. So it's you feeling, you know, secure in yourself about what you're able to bring to the table about your abilities, what you can do about your qualities um, that you have in yourself. So I know this is a cliche phrase, but here, you know, from my definitions, it reigns true that confidence is key. And honestly, I feel like some men are better about confidence than women. Okay. I can think about several men <laughs> in, in my city or even on TV, like celebrities who are not on, you know, physical wise, the best looking man, 
But baby, the confidence is through the roof and the women gravitate to that. Now, I will say a lot of times that confidence is attached to money or material things. But either way, once that ugly guy, quote unquote, has confidence in himself or he feel like he the man, then women are going to flock to it. Right. Also, there are some men who it's not necessarily their money, but their personality. They may not look the best, but their personality is lit like they're funny they know how to joke they know how to make a woman feel good and women can gravitate to that as well so i definitely feel like men are better when it comes to confidence than women right also um okay so there's a uh if you know biggie or listen to his song there's a verse that he has that confirms this i'm black and i'm ugly as ever however i stay coogee down to the socks so this proves what I'm saying. Uh, you know, we've all seen Biggie, his physical features. He's a fat black man, pretty large. I believe he even had cross eyes. He talked with a lisp, all these things, right? That if he didn't have money or wasn't famous, people would be like, oh, no, nah, he ugly. But, you know, with him having that background and his confidence up, like, yeah, I'm black and ugly as ever. However, you know, I'm feeling myself. I know I look good. and women gravitated and flock to that okay so the lesson from that is sometimes you just have to own and embrace your own flaws okay there's this tv show i don't know if you heard it called insecure and it's by um Issa ray and i love her i love Issa ray i love insecure um it just got on netflix before you had to watch it on hbo but i just rewatched it um for the second time there's five seasons so if you're looking for something to binge watch, I highly recommend this. But in this show, um, Issa Rae, she's a, a woman in her early 30s that lives in L.A. And she's just like quirky and awkward. I feel like her personality type fits me. Kind of like I shared before, like she lives in the hood. She understands hood culture. Um, but she has this job where um, she works. She's the only black person there, right? So she works with like, the preppy white women, but she doesn't really fit in with them either. She's just kind of in the middle. So she's just trying to figure her way out through life. Um, and like I said, I just relate to her character so much. And I highly recommend this because it's amazing to see her growth from season one to season five and how she, you know, figured out her place and where she belonged and tried new things and her awkwardness and her insecurities. And you can just see her growth personally and in her relationship. So I highly recommend that you watch that show. Um, it's called Insecure. Now there's like hardcore sex scenes and stuff in it. So if you got kids around, you know, I would suggest you watch it when your kids are not around. But it's definitely a great series. Um, and I learned a lot from it. Okay. So now we're going to get into five ways to gain confidence and overcome insecurities. Okay. The first thing that you can do, which is what I just previously shared, is own and embrace your flaws. For me, I know that I have a big nose. It is what it is, right? It's on my face. My face is always showing because it's my face. It's nothing that I can cover up. Also, my big nose is a family trait. My biological grandmother has it. My mother has it. And both of my sons have our signature nose as well. So, I embrace it by saying, you know, yeah, this is just our family trademark and I move on about it. I don't have plans to get surgery or change my nose, 
because nobody ever looks the same after they get surgery on their face. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Anybody that gets a nose job never looks the same. Think about Michael Jackson. And it's like if they get one, they keep getting more to... I don't know if they didn't like the results of the first one or they're trying to go back to their original nose. Uh -uh. I've learned my lesson from watching celebrities and other people messing with their face. I have no plans to change anything about my nose. Clearly, this is something God wants me to have is something that's in our family. And it just is what it is. Right. So once you own and acknowledge your flaw, what can anybody else say about what you already know? It's not a secret and it's not new news. It's simply a part of who you are. Everybody's not going to like you or think that you're attractive. We have to learn to be okay with not being liked by everybody, okay? Think about Jesus. Everybody didn't like him. Everybody did not like him. So who are we to feel like we have to be liked by everybody or we have to be considered attractive to everybody, right? And also, since I'm married now, I don't care what anybody thinks, <laughs> especially another man. Like if I'm out with my friends, I'm not looking to get chose by anybody. So however somebody feels about my physical features doesn't really matter because I'm already chose. I'm already with somebody who knows what my face looks like and obviously likes it. So <laughs> it's like, OK, what, what are we doing here? What does it even matter? OK, we have to shift our focus from what we don't like to what we do like about ourselves. So there are plenty of things that I like about myself. I love my hair. I feel like I have beautiful hair. Right now, the shrinkage is real. But even with this style, I like how I can, you know, twist my hair and wear natural styles. But I can also get a blowout and my hair be like down my back looking nice, beautiful and flowy. Okay. I love my skin tone and my texture. I've, you know, grown to embrace my stretch marks. They are what they are. But I feel like my skin tone and texture itself is so beautiful. I love my brown. I feel like it's a, a glowy brown, like a golden brown. My skin is smooth. I don't struggle with acne um, on my face and things like that. So I love that about my skin. I love that I have full eyebrows. I tell my eyebrow lady, don't you take too much off. Don't you give me no skinny eyebrows. So I love how full my eyebrows are and I don't have to constantly, you know, get them arched or fixed. I can go about once every uh, two months or so and they look fine in the in-between stage. I feel like I have natural beauty without doing too much. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, weave or fake hair because I'll, I'll get my braids. Um, but I don't necessarily do like sew-ins or the wig installs, but there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I love how I have, I feel like I have a natural beauty. I don't have to always have weave in my hair to feel beautiful. I don't have to always have a full face of makeup on to feel beautiful. I show up to y'all just as raw and natural as ever. And sometimes I'll, you know, look at the video and play it back like, okay, girl, you look cute, you know, and you're natural chill state. So I love that about me. I love my personality. I love how intelligent I am, my ability to learn new information. I just love learning. And I have humor. Now, that's something that I'm trying to show up more because I feel like I'm so professional um, on the platform. But all my friends know or people who I really chill with, like I'm a complete goofball. <laughs> I stay on joke. Time, I stay on joke mode. I'm forever laughing or making somebody laugh. So 
those are the qualities that I love about myself. So that list is so long. What is it about my nose that, you know, I'm going to dwell on like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. No, I'm just going to shift and focus on what I do like about myself, which boosts my confidence and self-esteem. All right. And it will do the same for you, too. Now, the second thing you can do um, to gain confidence is understand that you are not the only person in the world with insecurities. Okay, hear me when I say that everybody on Earth is insecure about something about something. Okay, nobody is 100 percent confident about everything in their life. People may appear to have it all together, but when you sit down and talk to them, you can see that they have issues too, just like you, okay? So you're not weird and you're not the only person in the world who has insecurities. Release your main character complex that you are the only one on planet Earth going through this struggle of insecurities. You're not the only one. And I will say me accepting that truth kind of helps me boost my confidence. And also too, anybody who's always pointing out something that's wrong in other people or other people's flaws, that's the biggest sign, the biggest, biggest sign that they are insecure about themselves. And the truth for this is before I shifted my mindset, I was that person, a negative Nancy, always pointing out something that's wrong with somebody, or why she got that on, she looked crazy, you know, judging people in pictures. But now my initial thought is what I like about somebody. I can see somebody in, oh, I like her nail polish. Oh, that's a cute shirt. Her hair looks cute. Oh, her makeup looks good. Like I'm thinking of positive things about people initially when I see them. I'm no longer thinking down or them or pointing out things that I don't like. So if you are that person, sis, you know, heal your heart and start to deal with your insecurities because you're deflecting that on other people. And like I said, that's the biggest sign. If somebody is always pointing out insecurities, that's the biggest sign that they have insecurities about themselves. Okay. The third thing you can do to increase your confidence is um, understand that your authentic self is the best version of you. And what does it mean to be authentic? It's genuine, original, real, and true. You can tell when somebody is trying to be something that they are not, okay? Um, it's like awkward and uncomfortable to interact with them. And when you do this, you risk lowering your standards and values to fit in with other people, right? And usually over time, they're not able to keep up with this persona that they're trying to portray to be, and things start to go left. Think about um, in Mean Girls, that's one of my favorite movies, um, with Lindsay Lohan, when she started off, you know, being cool with the, the weird guy and the girl at her school. And then after a while, she started to try to fit in with the plastics who were completely different, you know, versions of her personality type. But think about how much she changed herself just to fit in with them. Um, and this is a sign that they were not her true friends to begin with based off how much she had to change about herself. Right. So I definitely can relate to this as I've shared at the beginning, like I'm not your 100 percent hood city girl but I'm also not preppy and uppy either. I'm like right in the middle. So the times that I was trying to act all hard and stuff, it just wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, I felt awkward. And like I said, I was getting in fights and stuff and losing. 
So it's like, okay, obviously you're not as hard as you're sitting here trying to portray to be. And these this crowd that you're trying to fit in with, it's not working. Like, this is not that. <laughs> okay, so definitely keep that in mind. Just be your authentic self. I will even say there are some um, like white people who can get along with black people really well, but they're not trying to act black. If that makes sense, if you understand what I mean, I love those type of people. Um, I can think of a few uh, right now, like um, it's a rapper, I think is Macklemore. I don't know. I don't want to get it wrong, but um, he has that song out. Um, he samples the glamorous by, um, uh, I can't think, but y'all know who I'm talking about. I think that's his name, but I watched a movie with him. It was the remake of White Man Can't Jump, um, the newer version. And, you know, it was an urban film. He partnered with a black guy in the movie, but even though he got along with black people and was around black people, he was his like weird, quirky self <laughs> with the clothes that he wore and the way that he talked and all of that. But he just got along with black people. Well, I love stuff like that. So just be your genuine, original, authentic self, and that will raise your confidence as well. All right. The fourth thing you can do is don't be afraid to surround yourself with confident people. So this is where you have to let go of your competitive mindset. So if you're a person that um, feels like you're in competition with others, then this might be hard for you. Be aware of your reaction to people who have confidence in themselves. So do you find yourself saying things like, she thinks she all that, she's doing way too much. It don't take all that or self uh, comparison thoughts like I'll never look or be the way that she is. OK, um, and this was definitely something that I had to overcome. So for me, my confidence started to rise when I started hanging with somebody outside of my normal friend group. Um, this was somebody that I always observed on the sidelines. I always thought that she was fly, that she dressed cute, that she had a cool personality, just all the things. Right. So I realized that when I hung out with her, I was motivated to step up my style and just try new things overall, like going new places, trying new food, um, trying new business ideas. It was just like a whole new world of confidence opened up for me as a result of connecting with her. Um, I just love being around women today who are doing better than me or who are living a lifestyle that I aspire to live. I don't feel intimidated by their confidence. And I also don't exhibit fan behavior like I just want to be them, right? I simply take notes of what they do um, to walk in confidence and I tweak it to fit my lifestyle and my personality. So again, if you're somebody who feels intimidated to connect with people who are on a different level than you or doing better than you, that's something that you have to you know, work on in yourself and ask, well, why do I feel intimidated? Why do I feel insecure to connect with this girl? Why, why am I so upset that this girl likes herself so much or that this girl feels confident in who she is? Why does that bother me? Um, that's a deep dive. Either you can connect with a therapist, a journal session, or talk to a friend about it. I don't know, something. But you are holding yourself back from a whole new world of expectations when you do that. And I will say that, you know, in the past, I've been connected to girls who 
did not want to step outside of our circle of friend groups. And if you did, it was like, oh, why are you hanging with her? Or, oh, that's your new friend. You know, little comments like that. And I, I don't like stuff like that. And I'm not that person. I don't mind talking to different people. I'm definitely not one of those no new friends type of people. I'm all for new friends. Now, do we have to all be besties and, and things like that? No, but I'm open to meeting new women. I'm open to connecting with new women and seeing, you know, what's working for them and how I can apply it to my life. I just recently went to a um, business networking event. And I will say I love going to anything black women are going to be at because you just get to see the diversity of us and our style and our personalities. There was this one girl that walked in, y'all. She had on like a, a purple dress, a purple bodycon dress. It was kind of long um, with some clear heels and the dress had like a hood on it. And she had on her purple glasses and her jewelry and stuff. And everybody was like, sis, yes, you are, you are doing it. I love your outfit. And she was like, thanks, y'all. I was a little insecure before I put this on. Like, am I doing too much? And we were like, no, no. You know, when you walk through the room, it was like, I have arrived. Like, we're all cheering her on and not intimidated by her confidence. But for her to think, like, am I doing too much? We got to stop, <laughs> you know, judging people on what they put on. There's also this girl I follow on Instagram, Aisha the Great. Uh, she's like a fashion um, blogger. And she um, dresses with, like, exotic pieces. And she's real big on put the outfit on that's doing too much, okay? I don't care if you're going to the grocery store. If it's doing too much, put it on. If you like it, if it makes you feel good, don't worry about what other people are going to say. And I will say from following her, she's kind of helped me, you know, step up with my confidence and try new pieces in my clothes and my outfits. Like, I, I love that. We can be encouraged by other women's confidence and not put down or feel like we got to compete or be intimidated by it, right? That's some self-work that you have to do. All right. And the last thing you can do to increase your confidence is to study what God has to say about who you are in his word. So, y'all, I'm going to read Psalms 139. You know, I had to throw some scripture in here. I'm going to read Psalms 139, 1 through 18 in the New Living Translation, just verbatim, because once you know who God says you are, I feel like that's the foundation of confidence. Like nobody can tell you anything, okay? So Psalms 39, I'm starting at verse one, and this is the New Living Translation. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. 
To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Again, y'all, that was Psalms 139. Like, listen, if if you ever <laughs> feel down about yourself or feel like your confidence is low, just read Psalm 139. I mean, the details in this scripture about God and him creating us, and I'm big on, you know, babies being created in a mother's womb. We don't have any control over that whatsoever. We don't have any control of where a lung goes, a, a liver, a, anything, the blood flow, any of that. God is knitting all that together. Also, we have to think about what it takes for you to be conceived, right? So if you paid attention in in school when we were talking about, you know, uh, the reproductive system, there are thousands of sperms that are floating or swimming to get to one single egg. And you made it <laughs> out of all of those sperms swimming. You made it to that egg. So that alone should let you know that you are special, you are special no matter what you know you feel about yourself or what anybody tells you. Don't let anybody tell you different, including yourself. You are special and you are a creation of God and you are beautiful simply because he created you, okay? Psalm 139, one through 18. I want you to stamp that, save it, post it, write it out, whatever you got to do. And, and just read and meditate on that daily whenever you start to feel low and insecure about yourself, okay? Now, in conclusion, you know, I have to tie it back to our children with this being, you know, the whole Mom Keys to Mental Peace platform. As mothers and as parents, we need to teach our kids these principles early, okay? I don't want my kids to suffer the same insecurities that I did as a kid. So, for example, my daughter... Um, she's like my complexion and maybe a little bit darker, but my daughter loves her skin tone and her hair texture because I make it a priority to let her know how beautiful and special that it is. So y'all know the song Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce when she was um, a baby, um, even as young as I'll say maybe two or three years old, whenever I would put her lotion on after her bath time, we would sing that song. And she's six years old today and she loves that song. And she even told me like, mommy, that song just makes me feel so happy. And that's so good to me. Like, I'm so happy that she has that to refer to and to hold on to. I pray that it's something she shares with her daughter if she has one one day for her to feel, you know, beautiful. So she talks about how smooth and how, she talks about how smooth and how pretty her skin is. Um, and we've also read the book Hair Love. Um, that's a children's book. And it talks about the different 
hairstyles and textures of black hair. So that helps her to, you know, feel beautiful about hers. And I feel like now there's a lot more um, representation on TV when it comes to black and brown girls. So definitely, definitely happy that we had that. And even for my oldest son, um, he has expressed to me before about people making comments or picking on him about his nose, the size of his nose. So I let him know that, you know, his face is still handsome, even though he has a big nose. And I'm not just saying that because I'm his mom. I truly feel like, like, okay, my son is him. He's one of them. Like he's a handsome young man. Um, and I tell him to just tell people, you know, it's our family trademark. My mama has it too. It is what it is. And I expressed to him that, you know, that same person that might be pointing that flaw out of him has something about themselves that they don't like. OK, somebody will like it. I'm married to his dad. As I've shared before, he knows what I look like. He knows what I look like and he likes it. So it's all good in the end. Right. So I pray that this um, helped you, you know, with some insecurities that you may be struggling with. Um, and just a quick reflection. What insecurities have you struggled with over time? And what are one of the five, you know, tips that I share that you can apply um, to help you overcome that? All right. So that is all I have for you all today. If you are not, please be sure to follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, I would love to have you join the Mom Keys to Mental Peace community. I share weekly um, blogs and resources that I don't share on my social media platform. And if you have been enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to as well as the YouTube channel, um, because that's where I share the, um, the video version of the podcast there. And also be sure to rate the um, podcast, leave a review and share it out with somebody um, if you feel it can help them. I will see you all next week. Bye.